Hello, everyone, and welcome to ClutchCast, a podcast created to guide and inspire student-athletes to reach their goals. My name is Dominic Prianti, and today our special guest is Coach Stephen Morse, expert college recruiter and associate MLB scout. Coach Morse, welcome to ClutchCast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for uh, for having me. I'm looking forward to kind of getting a few minutes to uh, kind of tell my story and help out, you know, any incoming any incoming recruits or parents, uh, you know, kind of throughout this process, especially during during COVID with everything that we have going. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Now, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to do this. Thank you. I have to ask you a question that I ask everyone. When did you start playing sports? I began playing sports when I was six years old. I was a multi-sport kid kind of growing up throughout my entire life, uh, you know, throughout high school, too, uh, playing basketball, volleyball and baseball. And then uh, as I got to the college level, uh, I kind of started started kind of just going in the position of just playing baseball and, uh, you know, played played during my time in college and then kind of jumped right into writing the coaching. Yeah, actually, you attended SUNY New Paltz, uh, where you were a standout athlete for the baseball team. All conference selection in your senior year. You hold a bachelor's in communication from SUNY New Paltz and also a master's from SUNY Brockport in athletic administration. Can you talk to us yep. about your yep. athletic career? I began at Dowling College, uh, which was a college on Long Island, a Division II school down there. And uh, I did I did a year there. And uh, following that year, I ended up transferring over to to SUNY New Paltz. Um, it had a great had a great run at both schools. Um, Obviously, had a little bit more experience at SUNY New Paltz being at I, I did my final three years there. Then following that, I, I kind of jumped directly into the coaching world. I couldn't really get over the game, and I, I always kind of was so interested in kind of seeing the other side of the field. And so I actually was fortunate enough to get um, a graduate assistant job at SUNY Brockport, where I was there for two years before, before kind of getting going and getting the opportunity to be over at SUNY Ulster. Yeah, so you actually graduated in 2014, started your assistant coaching career in 2014 at SUNY Brockport. From what I know, you were working particularly with hitters and infielders. You did such a great job in your final year there. You actually had all five infielders land a spot on the all-conference team for the uh, State University of New York Athletic Conference. Can you tell us a little bit about your first experience as a coach? Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, Yeah, it was, it was really quick. It was and then two months later. You're on the other side of the field doing things. And, uh, SUNY Brockport was, was the perfect experience for me as a young coach because I got to work for, I got to work for Justin Beach, who's been the head coach there for, for quite a bit of time. And he was, he was such a great guy to kind of learn from and allow and, uh, and kind of allow him to be my mentor because he, at such a young age, he kind of gave me full reign to go out and kind of learn the recruiting world. Uh, he gave me the opportunity, like you said, to work with the hitters and the infielders. And he, most importantly, the reason Brockport was so great for me. Was it gave me the opportunity? He gave me the opportunity to go out there and to honestly make some mistakes. It was a situation where he wanted me to develop as a coach as much as he wanted the team to develop. So it was such a great opportunity for me as a young coach because there's so much that you don't know about the coaching world until you kind of get into it. Um, and he was just he he was a super guy to work with as well as all the other. You know, we probably had three or four other assistant coaches that were that were really so great um, to work with and get to know. And I built built so many good relationships there. So he definitely did an amazing job because then in 2016, you land your head coaching uh, position at SUNY Ulster, uh, where you stayed there until 2020. 2019 was an amazing year for you from what I know. Uh, you were actually named the uh, 2019 Region 15 Coach of the Year. You actually had the uh, school single season home run record with 30, if I'm not mistaken. 
Your team finished in the top 25 nationwide in batting average, 327, and slugging percentage, 495. And you actually captured the Region 15 championship for the first time in 15 years. That, to me, sounds like a good job. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was uh, my time at SUNY Ulster was spectacular um, in terms of just the opportunity that I even had, you know, especially coming off just, you know, I was 23 years old when I got that head coaching job. So at the time, you know, I was probably the youngest head coach in the entire country at the time. So for me, it was such a great opportunity. I was so fortunate for it because I knew that if I could, if I could do a good job at SUNY Ulster and I could, I could transform that program to something that I'm really proud of. Um, it could show athletic directors and administrators, you know, throughout the whole country that, um, you know, that I have a pretty decent idea of what I'm doing. So, you know, the 2019 year was really as special as it can kind of get. And that was my first full recruiting class. Um, so it was, it was special to me because that was the first time that I had pretty much a fully recruited group. Um, and to kind of just see them go out there and do what they did was, you know, it was not, nothing short of spectacular. And, you know, my coach, my assistant coach did such a great job with the guys as well. But I really got to say it was all those guys that we brought in, all the recruits, you know, that was completely earned and completely on them because they were, they were a spectacular group of, of players and, uh, and such a great group of kids that they, they really earned everything that they got. The recruiting, correct? The class that you were just talking about, your skills in recruiting were actually brought up uh, as well from uh, so many uh, places. One of the things that uh, caught my attention from a source is that, uh, the compassion that you had when you actually were recruiting and the way the methods that you uh, you were adopting, uh, which was actually talk to the kids, talk to the families, explain the whole process, try to get them, you know, uh, as comfortable as possible. Uh, can you talk to us about your um, your philosophy when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I could tell you my my recruiting my re- recruiting was, to be honest, in the game of baseball, obviously, you love so many different things. But even as a even more so than playing the game, recruiting was my true my true passion and love toward, toward the game of baseball. I, I just, I really, really found a passion for it when I was at Brockport and I was given the opportunity to go out and try and get guys. And then when I went to SUNY Ulster, I was, I was so prepared and, and knew what I really wanted to do and knew the type of player that I was looking at and how to try and get those guys from those experiences that when I got to SUNY Ulster, it's just, it, it, it was a, it was an opportunity that kind of came full circle. And I really try and, I really try and get to get, get to know the kids and not only the kids, but their families too, when I'm recruiting them. You know, my, I, I tell my guys all the time, you're probably going to play for a better coach than me throughout your career. But what I could tell you is you're never going to play for a guy that's going to care for you, for you more than me. And, and that was something I really tried to show the guys. And not only you could say so many different things, but it's really about showing those guys that, and, you know, I did so many different things like home visits with the kids and, and getting to meet their families and bringing them up to campus and, and going to see their games. And it was 30 degrees outside because not only because I wanted to see them, but I also wanted to show them that I'm always going to be there for them. Um, and I'm going to really care about them and I'm going to care about my program. So I think the guys, the guys that I recruited really saw my philosophy. And, and part of the reason that, that SUNY Ulster was so special to me was because at that school, every single thing is earned. They don't have a home field on campus. They don't have a meal plan. They don't have on campus housing. And I can promise you the only things that they're going to get are two practice t-shirts, two jerseys and a game hat. Other than that, everything that you get is going to be earned. So when I would recruit guys, I would explain to them, this is what it is. If you want an opportunity to come to a junior college and truly develop as a person, as a player, this is the spot that you want to be because you're truly going to earn everything you get. And when you want to go to the four-year level, those coaches are going to know that you're a gritty grinder type of kid um, and, and that you earned everything you got before you got here. You know, and do you lose guys in that, you know, with that philosophy? Of course you could. You know, you're going to lose the kid that wants to get the duffel bag with 10 sweatshirts and a pair of cleats in it. 
But the guys that you're going to get, in my opinion, were guys that were going to help you win baseball games because they were grinder, gritty type kids that, that I really think many coaches would love to have. Yeah, and you know what? That experience definitely brought you to their biggest stages in uh, recruiting slash scouting, which we'll talk about in a second. But while you're still in the baseball world coaching at uh, Anclote High School in Florida, can you tell us the difference between coaching at a college level and high school level and how maybe the experience from a college level is helping you at the high school level? I can tell you the differences between the high school and the college level are you have a little bit more of a finished product um, at the college level. Then, then at the high school level, is a little bit more where you're trying to develop guys a little bit more. Plus, on the other end, of course, you know what you're getting at the college level because you're going out and you're recruiting those guys here, selecting them. So you already you already have an idea and really and probably really like the kid and what he brings um, at the college level. Be you recruited them as opposed to the high school. You know, you there are guys there that you you may somewhat know before they get there, but you're really given you're kind of given a group of guys. Um, and you kind of need to select your kind of what you already have. But I would definitely say you have to, it takes a you need to have a little bit more patience at the high school level and understanding what you're trying to do and develop guys. But I, I, I look at it in the same sense of I'm trying to build a program the same way that I was at CUNY Ulster. Um, I'm trying to build a program and kind of set my standards and principles the same way I would do it at the college level just now, just now at the high school level. Uh, I just tell you this though, down in high school baseball down in Florida is a little bit different than it is up in the Northeast. And, and that, that has really been evident to me throughout our fall ball with the pitching that we see. You know, my high school where I'm from, you know, in, in, in Comac, New York, we would see guys that, you know, every team would have an arm that was maybe 85, 82, 83. We're playing against these teams down in Florida, and you got multiple guys that are 85 to 90. You know, they run out six or seven of these guys, and you can't, you can't even believe kind of what a lot of these teams kind of have. Why is that? Uh, do you think it's because of the time that they get to play longer, you know, almost 12 months a year, I guess, compared to what we could do here in the Northeast? Yeah, I, I absolutely think that's the case. I mean, I, I'm part of the reason why I transitioned down to Florida was I, I knew that I was eventually going to transition to high school also because of the teaching aspect of things. But I wanted to transition down to Florida because I still wanted to keep that, that college program type feel at the high school level. So, you know, we, for, for example, we played 15 games this fall. We had team workouts today where we, we were doing different things outside with the guys on the track. And then, you know, we start our spring season January 19th. So. It's a transition to high school, being that it's down in Florida, just because I still have that kind of same year feel like I would do in the Northeast. But I, I definitely think that that obviously helps the kids that you're that you're able to play year, year round with them. Yeah. So we were talking about your uh, recruiting skills uh, at the college level. Now you're kind of doing that at the big stage, right? And uh, with the uh, Padres, can you talk about your experience as an associate scout? Yeah, I could. So I was given the opportunity. In January of 2020. So obviously, right after I got that opportunity, COVID kind of hit. And there wasn't too much of an opportunity to get going with that. But I'm super excited to kind of see where that that kind of world can take me because it was an opportunity that was kind of granted through kind of just being visible and, and doing a pretty good job recruiting at the college level. So it's I can tell you, though, uh, a big difference between recruiting at the college level and recruiting at the pro level and kind of the way that I try try and kind of explain it to people is if I'm recruiting at a college level and I see a guy and he blows 98 on the gun, but he's nowhere near the strike zone. To be honest, I don't know if I'd want to recruit that guy at the college level. I don't know how much I'm going to use him. I don't know how he's going to be really help me win games unless we seriously develop that kid. At the pro level, if I see a guy that's 98 on the gun and I don't pick up my phone and call our area guy, I'm probably going to get fired. So there's a lot of differences there, and it's a lot of it is projected. A lot of it is projectability at the pro level. So I think that's one difference there. Um, but I'm really just kind of 
get that ball kind of rolling. Like I said, it kind of it kind of got halted with COVID and everything. And the world kind of shutting down for some time, but I'm hoping for you know a great spring with that and and kind of moving forward with that as as time goes. Like you know, we we hope that a lot of uh, young student athletes are listening to these podcasts so they could get some good information, and you could definitely bring a lot to the table. And coach, being that you brought up uh, COVID and the pandemic and all that uh, everyone is going through, uh, let's take advantage of your uh, experience. What can we advise these young student athletes that are trying to uh, play college ball? I could say you you want to do everything you could to keep yourself visible and, and and try and utilize some of the things that coaches can do, like put videos on social media. Um, also, use it as an opportunity to truly develop. You know, I I, I know some kids that. Um, you know, that whether they're undersized or they lack arm strength or they, they lack back speed, whatever it may be, coaches may have seen you a year and a half ago. And then if, when this is kind of taken care of and we kind of get to some sort of nor- some sense of normalcy, if you come back, you're a completely different player. I know as a coach, for, uh, me as a coach, I would love to recruit a guy like that because I'm thinking about how, wow, this, so this kid, this kid was in a, a pandemic situation and rather than sitting there moping about it, he went out and he found a way on his own he found a way on his own to truly transform his game. So I think truly understanding that you can develop yourself. You know, you don't need a coach and a trainer and, and all these different people to really help you develop. Of course they help, but if you could find a way to continue to develop yourself, I think it could even make you more projectable as time goes on. And then, like I said, you want to be utilizing things like social media because it's such an, it's an opportunity for, for each, each coach that can't go out and recruit and can't go and look at guys. They're missing that. They're missing it so much. You know, especially top coach. That's one of their favorite parts of the of the college based world is going out and recruiting guys. So although they may not be able to go out and see you, trust me, they're on their phones. Make yourself visible, and uh, you know, and post and and, and keep yourself in a good situation to get recruited. So when you were on the recruiting circuit for your colleges, what would you start looking for in in a player? So the first thing I would do is honestly, I. I really like going to games and recruiting guys. I know the showcase world is so popular. It plays a really big role. So I don't want that to sound like those aren't important because they absolutely are. And I've done a ton at showcase and got a ton of good players from them. But what I would look for in a guy, I would like to go to baseball games. and I would like to not tell the guy I was going to show the field and see him during a game, see him before a game, see his actions on and, you know, on and off. Like I can give you a good example. My my shortstop the year that we the year that 2019 the year that we won my shortstop was a kid that that I heard about and I really wanted to go see him I did not tell him I was going down to the game I didn't even get much much of an opportunity to see much of see much of what he did because he got up once and he ground out to, he got up twice he grounded out to shortstop and he walked but I left that game knowing that I was going to offer that kid the biggest scholarship I've ever offered a kid because I got to see things like in and out. When you go to a game, if you're going to look at a shortstop, you may see the kid field one ground ball the entire game. So something like infield, outfield before the game, you got to show out during infield, outfield. Because that's when my eyes are the most open. This kid was, he showed out during in and out. He looked terrific. And the one thing that stuck out to me is he walked his first at bat. And I loved the way in the on-deck circle he was getting ready. He was, he was timing up every single pitch and was ready to go. And when he walked every single, and he did this every, he walked when he played for me as well. He sprinted to first base, touched the base, and pounded the coach. To me, I just love seeing that. I love seeing it. I didn't need to see this kid hit a ball 400 feet. I knew this was a guy that I immediately wanted to have because he was a gritty type of kid. This was a kid that he, he had passion. He loved the game. And now as a kid that good, bad, or indifferent, that, you know, I've, 
I've gave guys scholarships and things like that, and it hasn't worked out. But I knew this kid, good, bad, or indifferent. I wanted to give this kid a scholarship, and I wanted this kid to be my shortstop. Yeah, you know that's that's amazing, right? Because we all know the price, uh, the cost of college right now nowadays. I mean, it's not at no matter at what level you are, it's extremely expensive. Uh, another point is these showcases. A lot of these showcases are very very expensive too, and that's definitely a problem that we have uh, here uh, with baseball, where not a lot of inner city kids can afford. Uh, to attend decent showcases or be on a good team, the price of the actual uh, circuit right now. What advice do you have for kids like that? Yeah, I would say kind of, and I know I kind of touched on it, but if, if you're not going to be able to go to showcases, A, you need to get yourself, you need to still play baseball as much. Um, I do know New York City because I would go down to, I would go down to quite a few free showcases that some of the good organizations would have in the city. And, and I would see quite a few guys there, but you need to find a way to make yourself visible. And I'm a firm believer that if you're a good player, you're going to get seen because so many people, so many people talk and coaches that coaches that truly go out and recruit guys a lot, build connections. The connections that I had in New York, I'm not from New York city. I'm from Long Island, but the connections that I had in New York city were better than anywhere I had throughout the entire country. And I was recruiting guys. I would get texts daily from, from guys that worked with a lot. Majority of the guys that I would bring into student Ulster that were some of my top guys were guys that were, that didn't really come from much. Um, I personally loved recruiting guys like that because I felt like they, they were going to bring a dog type of mentality and a gritty type of mentality and a, and a mentality that they're not going to be scared when they go out there. But those coaches and those those connections that I made were really, really huge. And a majority of the recruiting that I would do in the city, I would get things through video and then I would go out and I would take a look at a kid. But you need to make yourself, you need to make yourself visible get connected with the right people and they don't have to be the most expensive people. But if you get connected with the right people, good baseball people, especially in New York city, there are so many of them. There are so many really, really good baseball people that, that you can get yourself connected with. And, and if you are serious about playing at college level, you need to get hooked up with a guy that's going to truly care about getting you to that level. You know, you, they should, they should look at organizations and teams because I know they have that, a ton of money to be on, but they're sending guys consistently to the next level because those are the guys that truly have connections. And you know, I guess a, a few of them just to come off come off the top of my head, the, the Brooklyn Bonnies, I did a ton of things with. And honestly, the guys at the PSAL, the, the, the public school athletic league, those both uh, Commissioner Persis and, and, and Charlie P. They, those two guys have such great connections in terms of the coaches that that they would refer to me to go look at guys. But just getting connected and kind of making yourself visible, I think, is really, really important. Yeah, I'm sure your email uh, inbox would be uh, full of emails probably year-round. What does a good email look like for a coach? You, you, get, so many, you get so many kind of different emails. Um, I could tell you this. When, when a kid emails, to, to be honest, me specifically, I like them kind of short and sweet with a little bit of video. Because every email that you get, Obviously, a kid or his coach or his trainer is is going to send an email and kind of boasting how how talented the kid is and how great of a kid he is. But you you want to connect a video to every email because, like you said, you get so many of them that to be honest, you, it's difficult to answer every single one. But if you get a video that's short and sweet and puts a two to three minute video on there, that's the best. E those are the best emails that I got. You don't want your videos to be ten to fifteen minutes long showing every AD. You want to see a guy taking BP, a little bit of game work, and then some stuff with his hands defensively. Um, that's the stuff where I would I would take those a little bit more serious, and I would I would really try and look into those a little bit more. So besides playing uh, baseball in college and getting a good education, 
Can you speak to the significance of being part of a college team? You know, what, what does that mean for a student athlete coming into a, a new environment, a new place that, you know, they're definitely not familiar with? Yeah. I mean, I could tell you it's, well, first off for me, at least it's the, as a player and a coach, it was the greatest experience I ever had was being a part of, was being a part of a team and then, and then coaching a group of guys. But it's, you know, aside from, from getting so much enjoyment out of it, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for you to truly develop as a person and be part of something special, um, which I think is, I think is so great. And it's what you pretty much, you know, you're trying, you're trying to, I, I look at life in the way where I try and create memories with everything that I do. And the greatest memories that I have are being a part of teams, you know, and it, it, it's almost like you have that family atmosphere that you have within a team. That's almost like fraternity, like with these group of, with this group of guys, but it's, it's an opportunity where it's different in the sense where you're, you're you're grinding and you're you're fighting for a common goal um that you just can't really experience unless you're part of a team so you're of course so much academic support too which is going to help you as an which is going to help you as a student as well while at college level but it's it's a really special opportunity and it's something that you truly need to be bought into coach and let me ask you another question how much does character come into play when you make a decision to play college and baseball, you were just saying the grind, you know, early mornings, late nights, homework, all that. How much does character play into this? I think it plays into a huge, and that's part of why I always found getting to know the kid and getting to know his family so important because as a coach, of course you want to win baseball games and things like that, but you're also spending quite a bit of time with these guys. And as a coach, you truly want to enjoy the time that you're spending with these guys. You're not becoming a millionaire. Some people are. But I can tell you, 99% of them aren't becoming millionaires doing it. So, you know, when you're recruiting guys, you want to you want to bring on guys that you're that you enjoy enjoy their company and you really think are good character guys. And another reason why you have to have good character is because if you're a poor character, in my opinion, you're probably not going to make it. And the worst thing that the worst thing for a coach is when you're excited about bringing a kid on, and he has poor character and things with grades, social issues, or whatever the issue may be, kind of kind of, kind of, of demises the whole situation and falls apart, and then you lose the kid midway through the year at the end of the year. That's the worst thing for a coach. So I could tell you that character plays a big part of it. It's an easy way, too, to separate yourself. You know, we were talking about easy ways to get recruited. Yeah, throwing 90s is an easy way to get recruited. Yeah, hit the ball 400 feet, that's an easy way to get recruited. But if you're not doing either of those things, you need to find a way to separate yourself. And having good character... That's the easiest way. I could tell you, I lo- my biggest thing was I would love when kids would shake my hand just because I, I wanted a nice, firm grip where he's staring me in the eyes because I knew that this kid was serious and passionate about what he was doing. And this was probably going to be a good character guy. That's a great point. That's a great. It starts with the handshake. It starts with the handshake and the, uh, and the eye-to-eye contact. I guess you could tell a lot from that. Sure. So, Coach, if we had to sum up this uh, episode here, what would you want for a, a young student athlete to uh, take away? from this episode in terms of trying to get onto a college team? Just if, if you're going to go into this, buy, you know, have full buy-in and go all in. Go all in because there is a program for everybody. And I've seen, I've seen it with multiple guys that were, that were bottom of the roster guys for me, and I was trying to push them to a four-year, and I always found a way to, to put them in a situation they're going to be comfortable in. When, when, when you're looking at a school, too, don't look necessarily at the name so much. Look more at the opportunity that you're going to get in the relationship that you have with the coach. Because very rarely does a kid program where he's going to be sitting on the bench 99% of the time that he's in college and he's going to walk away and say, well, that was a really, I, I really enjoy my baseball experience there. Let's be honest. Every guy wants to get on the field. I get that. Is every guy, are, are there roles for every guy? Yeah, that's a huge part of baseball as well. But you're selecting a school 
don't select it just because Division One or Division Two or three, whatever the reason may be. Select it because you're really comfortable in the fit of the school. Things like the finances of the school, the academics programs of the school, the the baseball opportunity school. It needs to be a fit. It's not necessarily you're not choosing a baseball program. You're choosing a spot that you're going to spend the next four years of your life. So when you do that, you really want to make sure it's a good fit, and you want to do your homework. You got to do your homework. You need to check the roster. You need to go check out the school. You need to meet with the coach. You need to do all these different things in the process to make sure that it's the right fit for you. Yeah, definitely, Coach. I mean, we definitely stress that here at Clutch Recruits. Fit. We always talk about fit. Don't go just for the name. Don't go just for the opportunity of playing. You got to make sure that everything else falls into place as well, or you might not have a great experience, no matter if it's a two-year, four-year, or whatever a level you're playing at. Coach sure. Morse, thank you so much for your time today. I Amazing information, as usual, from uh, uh, all you coaches, to be honest. I'm, I'm so happy that we had you on. Very, very good information. And uh, hopefully we can talk to you soon about some other stuff. Yeah, no, for sure, Don. Thanks so much for thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, you ever think, need anything in the future, feel free to always reach out. But this was, uh, this was great, and I, I appreciate you having me on to kind of tell my story. Thank you very much to Coach Morse for giving us an inside look at his recruiting process and for all his valuable advice. If you'd like to find out more about ClutchCast, please visit us at www.clutchcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at ClutchCast Podcast and on Twitter at ClutchCast PC. ClutchCast is brought to you by Clutch Recruits. If you'd like to find out more about Clutch Recruits and our programs, please visit us at www.clutchrecruits.com. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next episode.